Hey, you. Yeah, you. The one with the plans and goals. Big dreams. I see you. Feeling stuck. You can get out. Fear holding you back. It's just a test. No support system. Start with God. No confidence. You'll get it. Trust me. Breakout girl. It's time to show the world. Hello, everyone. Welcome to BOGT, or better known as Breakout Girl Tribe Podcast, where we are changing our mindsets and limiting beliefs, getting uncomfortable while embracing growth, healing, and breaking out of our shell to unleash our potential on our journey. This is BOGT, <laughs> the Breakout Girl Tribe Podcast, and this is the premiere of season two episode one yes we are back for another season of the breakout girl tribe podcast and i am very excited because i've changed things around a little bit um for the podcast and i just i can't wait to see how everything unfolds um you know the first season of the Breakout Girl um, Tribe podcast was me learning, um, figuring everything out, and trying to find my voice. Um, and if you go back and listen to the first season, you can tell that, you know, I was there but not completely but that's the beauty of growth right the only time you should look back really is to see how far you've come um all the helpful advice and tips that i gave out in the first season of the breakout girl tribe podcast i literally applied those tips and advice to my life on a daily basis and then some um so <laughs> the result you get is growth um the result you get is more knowledge more wisdom okay you get in touch with your higher self and so and it's awesome it feels great and I am still working on finding my voice and I am still growing and I'm still learning and I'm still evolving um so I I don't have any complaints um yeah so let's jump right into it um we're doing something new on this season of BOGT and what I would like to do is be able to share inspirational, uh, motivational um, stories or just stories to make you think, pick your brain a little bit. And I found an article from the New York Times. Um, this is very inspiring. <laughs> and so I wanted to share this with my listeners. So I'm going to read um, just a small portion of the article because the article is pretty lengthy. Um, but this article is so dope. I absolutely love it. And this article is almost like a testament 
to what Breakout Girl Tribe podcast is all about. Um, so it says these teen girls are fighting for a more just future. Um, and let me see, it was one, two, three, four, five, I think about seven girls. Um, these are teen girls. Um, and they were moved by what was going on in society. Um, you know, with the protesting and the killings and everything that has been going on. Um, they were moved by what was going on and they decided to take a change. They decided to take a stand and let their voices be heard. Um, and what's so crazy is that these young ladies, they did not know each other. Okay. Um, they're in their, you know, they're living their lives in different parts of the world um in different parts of the United States and they all decided at some point in time of another to um start a protest to to organize a protest or to speak out over social media and let their voices be heard and it garnered so much attention and so much um, positive feedback and so I'm just going to read a little bit of this article Um, like I said it was in the New York Times it was published on June 26, 2020 but it's been updated um, July 3rd, 2020 and it says two days after George Floyd was killed by the police C. Thomas 15 posted a tweet if my mom says yes, I'm leading a Nashville protest. Miss Thomas had never been to a protest, let alone organized one. And yet five days later, with the help of five other teenagers, she was leading a march through her city, some 10,000 strong. We didn't have a podium or anything. We were standing on water coolers to speak, Miss Thomas said. I'm an introvert. And when I got up there, I was like, oh my God, what am I doing? But I kept going. The girls didn't know it at the time, but in cities across the country, legions of other young activists were doing something similar. In San Ramon, California, Tiana Day, 17, led a Black Lives Matter protest across the Golden Gate Bridge after responding to a post on Instagram from another young woman, Mimi Zoila, 19. Ms. Zoila, who is white, had secured a permit for the protest, but was looking for someone from the Black community to lead it. Ms. Day sent her a message. Miss Day thought something like 50 people would show up. There were thousands stretching for miles. In Chicago, Shayla Turner, 18, spent part of her high school graduation week campaigning to remove police from inside Chicago's public schools. She has been on the front lines of the city's protests and cleanup efforts, where she saw people tear gas for the first time. It has not deterred her, though it has worried her mother. And from her bedroom in St. Louis, where she lives with her parents while on break from college, Brianna Chandler, 19, was using social media to organize a teach-in for local high school and college students to learn about racial justice. Two older activists called in, including Cori Bush, who was running for Congress, another girl, part of a local arts troupe, read a poem about police brutality. 
I think that educating people is essential to movement building, said Ms. Chandler, who is also active in the Sunrise, Sunrise Movement, a youth-led climate justice organization. These teenagers are stepping up to continue that legacy. By Zoom from their homes and in a series of follow-ups, the New York Times spoke with Ms. Thomas, Ms. Day, Ms. Turner, and Ms. Chandler about racial justice, youth activism, and what they hope for the future. And so from there, they proceed to do an interview um, with the young ladies. And some of them never did. Um, one of them, Z, who was 15, said she she had never done a protest before. Um, she said it was her first protest and probably not her only one. Um, she didn't know what to do, but she got inspired by what people were doing all across America. Um, but she, she said, um, and she's from Nashville, Tennessee, and she was saying that there was no protest at the time. And she was like, why isn't Tennessee doing anything? And she, she, you know, wanted to know why were they silent? And so she thought enough is enough. She's going to do something. And she says, I got on social media. Social media was like my best friend when it comes to this. I met my other organizers there. They contacted me on Twitter and Instagram. They were like, can I have help? I was like, sure. She says, I was nervous to talk to my mom at first. I said, mom, if I do this, would you be okay with it? She didn't question me, which was really surprising. She was like, I'm going to be behind you every step of the way. And that's what really set it off. And um, one of the other young ladies, Tiana, who was 17, says, for me, I was never really an activist before, but this movement lit a fire in me. Um, And then she spoke about how um, she grew up in California and she grew up around people who didn't look like her her whole entire life. And she was just constantly um, pressured to fit in. Um, She said she would stay out of the sun so she wouldn't tan. Um, She would straighten her hair every day. And she said there are so many things that she did to suppress who she was and what her culture was. And um, she even referred to it. She said, and it's sick now to think of it. I just never felt like myself. Um, But then she goes on to say, I've always had this like boiling thing, this boiling passion in my body to want to make a change in the world. I just never knew what it was. So she says, so when Mimi, my co-organizer, commented on an Instagram post about needing a leader for a protest, I DM'd her. And then she says, we organized the entire thing in 18 hours, pushing out a single flyer. And um, they bought three cases of water because they thought it was enough. But it ended up being like four miles straight of people who were there to support the movement. And she said, honestly, most of them weren't even black. She says they were allies and it was beautiful. And she says, I think I found myself through this movement. And I'm like, wow. Like, it left me speechless. It left me speechless. Um, It's just awesome. Let me keep 
going just a little bit. Um, she said the movement lit a fire in her. This other young lady who was also, let me see. Okay, this is still, let me see. Which one? Yes, Tiana. Um, I'm going to talk about Shayla really quick. Um, Shayla did not tell her mother that she was protesting. And um, her mother found out that she was protesting through the newspaper. (laughs) She says her mother was in Walgreens and did a double take because she was on the cover of the Chicago Tribune. Tribune. She called me and I was scared because I had lied to her and said that I was going out with my friends that day. And she says, she was like, I remember that day you lied to my face. But I had to. She doesn't really think it's safe. And she doesn't want me out there. But at the end of the day, I'm going to be out there. And it's better for me to tell her where I am. It actually brought us closer. We keep having these sentimental moments where she's just super proud of me. And she'll start crying. Um, I thought that was dope. Uh, back to Tiana. Um, this, this particular, um, story right here, this, the whole entire story, it just uplifted me and inspired me in such a way. And I'm trying to find the words to express these young ladies are, um, they're brave they're courageous they are warriors you know they are what this world needs um, for the next generation to come this this is very much needed they are self starters they are you know this is revolutionary um, it, it's awesome it's it's just amazing. Um, and in so many ways, it reminds me of my daughter. My daughter just turned 11, but my daughter, um, you know, a lot of these, <laughs> a lot of the young ladies in this article remind me of my daughter because my daughter is so, um, she's very passionate and she's very vocal. Um, especially when it comes to injustice and inequality and, um, you know, if someone is an underdog and they're being bullied or picked on, my daughter is like the first one to stand up and try to take a stand or she wants to stop it or, you know, she, she wants to end it. And I have to get on her all the time and tell her you can't jump into, um, everything because, you know, school has been out for a while now, we all know, but when school was going on, she used to try to get in the middle of altercations in school and try to, you know, break it up. Um, and try to get everybody to make peace and just, you know, settle their differences and go their separate ways. And I say, you cannot 
you know, always get involved, you know, with everybody's situation. I said, because you're going to end up getting yourself hurt. Um, but something in regards um, to this, um, she, you know, she's just very passionate. It, it just, it makes me think about <laughs> It makes me think about my daughter. I can actually see my daughter coming to me and saying, "Um, mom, you know, can we go and, you know, protest? Can we go, you know, and, um, you know, speak out about it or so, yeah. Um, so back to Tiana. So Tiana speaks about, um, in a part, um, in a piece of the interview, Tiana speaks about how um, her dad um, is from a rough, um, from a rougher part. Her, her dad is from Richmond, um, California, which she says is a, a rougher part of the Bay Area. And she says, I'm just going to read a little bit from, from what she says here in the interview. She says, and he worked his butt off. He worked five jobs at one point to make sure that we could live in a house in a nice area. I think he kind of sheltered me or tried to shelter me from the hardships of being a black American. Get this part. This part is like the best part. I absolutely love this part. She says, and come to find out my dad was a part of the movement against police brutality after Rodney King. My grandfather was part of the Black Panther movement. I have so much black history in my life. And so the interviewer, um, I have to get her name so I can be sure to credit her. Um, but the interviewer says, you never knew about this before? And Tiana tells her, no, not until two weeks ago at the protest. She says, I spoke about how I li- I've lived in my city for over 15 years and police still racially profile my family. She says, when my dad is driving, they pull him over and run his plates and ask him where he's going. He says, home like the rest of you. She says, we all live in this community and it's in this community. And it's sad to see my black brothers and sisters discriminated against. She says, we have the right to live here just like you do, but we have to work two times harder to get there. And she says, when I finished speaking, my dad was crying. He said, you remind me of myself. I was like, why? That's what she was saying to her dad, why? And he goes, because I was an activist at your age. And she says, I said, what? Why didn't you tell me? She said she was so mad at him. And he said, yeah, your great-grandfather was too. And then she says, so now I know what's in my blood. Um, so I, I just think it's absolutely amazing that she had this passion, like this, um, this burning desire to get out and fight, not knowing that her father, um, was involved in the Rodney King protest and her, and her grandfather was a Black Panther. So I'm like, (laughs) that was dope, um. Um, there's also another lady, um, Brianna, Brianna Chandler, who's 19. Um, and the, the thing about, um, these girls too, that I must mention, some of them are white. Some of them are black. Some of them are brown, but the point of the matter is that, um, they all 
come from different walks of life. You know, some come from privilege. Others do not come from privilege. Um, And Brianna Chandler, who is 19, um, she comes from um, a a pretty um, sustainable background. Um, And she says, my parents pushed me Brianna from St. Louis. She says, my parents pushed me to become educated about black history in part because they worked really hard to put me in private schools. And they knew that going to a predominantly white institution would not teach me about my history. She says, when I have gone to marches in the past, my dad has always been there with me, but I've never really been what I consider to be on the front lines. Most of what I do is online. So when I realized that I wouldn't be able to actually go anywhere to protest due to COVID and safety concerns, I just sat down and typed out how I was feeling. I posted and then I kept thinking and writing and posting and it grew from there. What I call consciousness raising because I think that educating people is essential to movement building. There are a lot of different parts of a movement. Um, and so they were just basically going back and forth to, um, each other in the interview, um, with Shayla, Shayla says she's always been really outspoken, but also really introverted. And she says, but in her junior year, there was a youth climate strike and she felt like she had to speak out. She says she's she goes to a predominantly black and brown school on the south on the southwest side of Chicago. And there were three teachers who really inspired her to use her voice. They stayed late with her and practiced her and helped her practice her speech over and over. And she says the day before she vomited three times because she was so nervous. Um, but she says, she says, I love this. She says, but I did it and I did it damn well. I think I just had a choice to either keep my voice in or speak out and continue. And right after my speech, I was like, so when's the next one? I'm here. (laughs) You guys, there is girl power and black girl magic. And I mean, there is (laughs) like, like I said, this is revolutionary. Like all throughout this article, all throughout these young ladies who decided to, they pushed through their fears. They, they pushed through that nervousness. They let their passion, not, not just their passion, but the need for change because you know, they were like, okay, something needs to be done. How many times have we been in situations where we know something needs to be done, where we know there needs to be a change, but yet we may be too afraid to execute or too afraid to speak out, or we may not necessarily have that support that we need. So we may hold back or we don't do it. Let me tell you something these young ladies right here are such an inspiration and I want to honor them 
on BOGT today because I mean this this is just this is awesome this is a game changer right here super awesome um and I know these are not the first girls um teenage girls to you know get out and do something and fight for a change and fight to make a change um and I applaud those um young girls and those young ladies um who do who who are so strong willed you know they're strong willed and they're determined and they're natural born leaders and fighters and they know a change needs to be made and they they are ready and willing to fight and speak out um let me see I'm just going through this article and Shayla Turner um, Shayla Turner that, that that was who I just read that little tidbit from Shayla Turner she says I all I feel like I've always had the drive but until recently I was too afraid to speak out and then the interviewer asks Brianna Chandler she says, what's something about your generation that people get wrong? And she says that our anger is not valid, that we don't have a reason to be angry, that we don't have a reason to riot. You know, there is that super popular Malcolm X quote, the most disrespected person in America is the black woman. It's the idea that black women have to say things nicely or they have to use or they have to say things using standard English or that they're ignorant if they speak using African-American vernacular English. I think what the world gets wrong is that the anger of black women isn't valid. And it is. It's more valid than I think any white person can comprehend. And then Z chimes in. She says, I also want people to know that we're not strong all the time. We're allowed to be weak. We are teenagers. We're young women. And we're allowed to be emotional, especially when we see people of our skin color getting killed. Um, she says, as black women, we're often expected to be the higher person. We're expected to be stronger and more diligent when it comes to our emotions. I think the stereotype about black women being strong is true, but we're people just like everybody else. We experience emotions just like everybody else. And so the interviewer went on to ask them, you know, how are they taking care of themselves and what are they doing to, you know, just replenish to replenish themselves and to, you know, not allow everything that's going on to, um, you know, get them down. Um, and some of them were saying, you know, they're, they've been taking rest days and sometimes they will delete social media for a couple hours, um, watch movies or do something that makes them happy. Um, you know, things of that nature. So, and then Z says, <laughs> Z is like, Z is the youngest, but Z is so wise. Z says, um, mental health in the black community isn't taken very seriously. And a lot of our parents 
or our parents' parents have mental health problems, and that goes on to the future generations without any help. So I feel like as far as mental health right now, you have to just live in the moment because personally, if I think about the future, that just makes me more anxious. Um, the interviewer asked Shayla, where do you want to see the movement go from here? Shayla says, I want to see an entire revolution led by youth. I feel like we are definitely capable of that. We have the power and we have the voices. This is just... This is what Breakout Girl Tribe is all about. This right here. (laughs) This whole entire article. It just gave me so much life. Um, It just gave me so much life. Wow. That is all the time that we have for today, you guys. Um, But... Um, season two of the Breakout Girl Trap Podcast. I'm definitely working on some things. So um, make sure you guys stay tuned. Be sure to follow me on my Instagram at Michelle underscore incorporated. Make sure to follow me on Twitter at Breakout Girl 3 BRK O-U-T-G-R-L 3 Michelle Fletcher at Breakout Girl three just in case you don't see it um and be sure to tune in into the next episode of the breakout girl podcast there will be um, a lot of interviews and whatnot so i'm very excited so you guys stay tuned for season two bogtp until next time